What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Fit for Life podcast. Hey, team. This year, Ross and I have set a goal of being more consistent with this podcast as requested by you. We know how much you love listening to these on your walk, so thank you for the feedback about them. I'm super excited for today's podcast because it is the first one of 2024. So today we are going to be talking about the five steps you can do to make sure that you achieve your goals in 2024, but let's start off with what our personal fitness goals are for this year. Ross, what's a goal that you have? I don't really have a long-term goal. The short-term goal is to drop a couple of kilos or two kilos to be specific. Just the uh, old holiday gain, really. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And you wanted to work on cardio as well, eh? a little bit. Yeah, a little bit more cardio fitness, but I don't have anything specific around that. Okay, awesome. And then my goals, I'm also on the same buzz as Ross, just a couple of kilos to tighten up before I head to Sydney next month. And I've also been loving getting into a light jog with Bronco, our puppy. I've been really liking taking care of my overall well-being. So my huge goal for this year is just to find a happy space in which I'm not looking to build a lot of muscle, but also not looking to lose a lot of weight or anything such as a comp prep that's quite extreme. I just want to really be balanced in my approach approach to my health and fitness goals this year. So yeah, let's move on to our topic for today. So number one is actually defining what your goal is. And with this, we want you to be specific about it. So if I was to say my goal is to lose weight, like how much weight do I want to lose? And it is really important that we're specific about what we want to do. If you say you want to be more active, come up with a clear idea of exactly how many times you're going to work out in the week. And just be more clear on exactly what your goal is. Yeah, yeah. You might have heard the SMART goal framework before. It stands for specific, being really clear on your goal, making it measurable is number two. So measurable is really important. Is it achievable for you? Is it realistic for you? And can you put a time frame that you want to achieve it by? So for example, my goal of losing two kilos, I want to do that within the next 30 days. It's really specific. We can measure that because it's a metric. It's achievable because it's not too, you know, not too unrealistic. It's 500 grams per week and time bound 30 days time. You know, think about your own goals. Be really specific and be really clear on them. It's really the first most important point to focus on when, when goal setting. Awesome. And then following on from that, I think it's really important that you think about why you actually want to achieve it and what it means to you if you, you know, are to actually achieve that. Because sometimes I think that people set goals based on what they think they should do because of what they've seen on Instagram or what they've seen just from the people around them. So an example of this is possibly someone wanting to get into running because it seems like everyone's getting into running or getting into Pilates because it's popular on social media. But if your goal is to build a lot of muscle because you want to go and compete, well, that's a different type of training that you need to be looking into doing. So when I say, what does it actually mean to you? For someone that wants to lose 50 kilos so that they have more energy to be able to run around with their kids, that's a really powerful why. So I think it is really important that you just have a good understanding of why you want to achieve something. You can visualize what it means to you and how you'll feel when you achieve that goal, just to keep you going on the tough days. Yeah, totally. Having a good why is a great way to stay committed to a goal. Also, when you're setting goals in the beginning, think about how exciting that makes you feel. Like if you're setting a goal, a specific one, and you don't feel excited about it, to be completely fair, you're probably not going to put too much effort into it if you're not at least a little bit excited about it. So, 
you know, spend a lot of time in the beginning getting really clear on those goals and yeah, seeing you should you should be setting a goal that makes you a little at least a little bit excited to to achieve and then it's going to be more meaningful to you. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I love that. And I think that if I, when I hear you say that, I think about competing. And for me, I used to always think, you know what, I really want to compete. That was exciting to me. But just this year, really, if I was to think about going into a comp prep, it doesn't really excite me. I feel as if I've got so many other goals that are much more exciting to me for this year. So I think that key note on doing things that excite you and maybe possibly even scare you a little bit, you know, cause you to step outside your comfort zone and challenge you is also a good indication that you're looking in the right direction. Yeah, a challenging goal is definitely going to be more motivating to you. You just want to make sure that it's not so far to the point where it's unrealistic. So for example, let's just say you've got a goal of running more this year and you're trying to make that a bit more specific. Maybe you want to run a marathon. Going from no running to a marathon, say in a month's time is really unrealistic. So just make sure you're setting yourself up for a challenge, but not so big to the point where you're setting yourself up for failure, which is going to be demotivating. Yeah, definitely. So moving on to number two, breaking it down. You yourself, Ross, have run two half marathons now? One. Oh, one. Oh, yes. for some reason. <laughs> it's clearly, I don't know. No. Uh, so Ross has run a half marathon before. And if we were talking about breaking it down, I guess we could look at it in terms of fat loss or for running a half marathon or something. So how would you break down your goal setting for running a half marathon if you're starting from the bottom? Yeah, well, if, if you're breaking a goal down, it really depends on your time frame. So if you come back to the smart goal setting, What's your time frame that you're working towards? So let's just say you have a goal that you're trying to achieve, like a half marathon by 30 June. Then you want to think about what you need to get to and start reverse planning from there. So if you start at 21 kilometers, that's what you need to be able to run by 30 June. You'd start working back from there. You know, thankfully, these days, there's some really good plans out there when it comes to, to running. So you can you know get those plans in place pretty easily. But any goal you have, whether it's a fitness one, whether it's like a money-saving goal one, whatever it is, start with the end goal, reverse plan from there, set a monthly or maybe it's a quarterly target that you want to work towards if it's a 12-month goal. Then you want to set some monthly targets that you want to hit then perhaps even weekly. And if you're coming down to the daily, you're probably more thinking about just the processes rather than specific daily goals. Maybe it's habits that you want to take off to help you work towards that. You know, for example, a weekly goal could be for the half marathon to run Monday, Wednesday and Friday as an example. And the distances would be based on your current fitness levels and when your race, t- race day is. Yeah, I really like the point about daily habits as well. So if someone out there is looking to lose fat, you break down the goal. If it's 10 kilos, you can break it down to an average of say half a kilo of week. a week. Of course, the scales aren't going to be linear when it comes to the scales decreasing. But if you had a goal of that 10 kilos, you can break it down into you know 20 weeks time and then break it further down into your daily habits. What do you need to do each day to take you closer to that goal? And some of the key habits Ross and I have talked about so many times on the podcast are things like tracking your nutrition, hitting your steps, drinking enough water, making sure that you're getting in enough sleep, have a daily habit tracker that you can tick off. The cool thing is there's lots of apps that are free that you can do this with. And of course, if you're on the Anjuli Fit Squad, there are habit trackers in your Google Drive for eight weeks and 90 days, which is really neat. Yeah, totally. And of course, yeah, goals like weight loss definitely aren't linear. But at the same time, if you have sub goals that you're trying to reach, and let's just say your goals in 
you know, five months time, you want to have lost 10 kilos, you want to lose two kilos a month type thing. If you get to the end of the month and you haven't progressed towards that goal, it gives you a really great point to reevaluate what you're actually doing and assess why you aren't achieving that goal. Because although weight loss definitely isn't linear, it might not be the same every week, you should still be progressing towards that goal. You probably still should have lost some weight in the month if you've been trying really hard to do it. Because, you know, if you get to that point, you've lost nothing, you're probably not doing something right. Yeah, definitely. But then for certain people, depending what their starting point is, we will talk about tracking your progress soon, but there will be different ways to track your progress as well. So let's actually, let's just skip to tracking progress now. So let's make that number three. So number three would be tracking progress. So yes, the scale should be coming down if you are adhering to everything that you know will get you to your goals. If you're someone that doesn't have a coach and you're doing things on your own and you're not quite sure what you're doing, then of course I can't speak for that. But for example, if you are working with a coach that is knowledgeable about how to get results such as myself that has given you a plan tailored to you and you're not progressing then it is really important that you reflect on how you have been tracking with your habits and that's why a habit track is so important because often I think people might feel like they're working really hard but if they reflect on the past 30 days they might find that they haven't actually stuck to the habits required to achieve their goals. And when it comes to tracking progress there are different ways to track progress so If someone wanted to track progress, I would, number one, I would say, to be honest, take those day one or week one progress photos. It is so important to make sure that you are taking photos at least once a month to track your progress because we see ourselves every day in the mirrors and it can be really hard to see the small changes over time. Measurements around your waist, your glutes, your arm, your thigh can also be really good ways to track progress. And then of course, the scales are there to use as data. Some people might find that when they start reverse dieting, their weight stays around the same, but their body composition starts to look different. So everyone's going to be different in terms of how their body responds based on their experience, their uh, dieting history, and what their goals are, whether it's to lose fat, build muscle, or body composition. Do you have any other ways you like to track progress? Recording your weights and things like that, if you're talking about fitness ones, but I guess those sub-goal milestones that you have allow you to track progress and assess, assess how you're going, right? Like if your goal is to run a, mar- run a marathon, a half marathon by 30 June, then you would have monthly targets Perhaps there's a certain amount of Ks that you need to hit for the month to be progressing towards that based on whatever plan you have. You can easily see that whether you've done that or not, like whether you use a Garmin or a Fitbit to track your runs or whether you just Google map those runs that you've done. You can still track any progress in a number of different ways, providing you go back to that first part and you make sure that your goal is actually specific and number two, measurable. If you, can, if you can start off with your goal being specific and measurable, you can always track your progress. Awesome. And that applies to being in the gym too. So if you set a goal of getting stronger, then you want to make sure that you're actually tracking your weights in the gym and increasing your lifts where you can over Yeah, time. again, like a goal of getting stronger wouldn't be yeah. a specific goal. That's Definitely. quite a vague objective, right? What do you want to get stronger at? So again, be specific about what you actually want to increase. And that comes back just to setting really clear goals in the beginning. Yeah, definitely. Okay, next up, number four is accountability. So a lot of people struggle to stay accountable to themselves. They might say that they want to achieve a goal, but they don't have the proper plan in place and they have no one to check in with when it comes to achieving that goal. So an accountability partner might be your partner. It might be your best friend. It could be a family member, but 
it is really important that the accountability partner is there to actually hold you accountable. It's no good if I tell Ross, look, I really want to lose a couple of kilos, but then every weekend, you know, he's asking me to go out for meals. I'm not tracking. I'm, I might eat a whole block. Of, not that I would do this, but if I add a whole block of chocolate and he goes, oh, well, I'll just start again tomorrow. You need someone that's actually going to hold you accountable to what you said you do. And someone that's also going to help you troubleshoot. So if I am, you know, reaching for the chocolate, I want Ross to be like, oh, you know, does that fit into your macros? And if I say no, then it's as simple as putting the chocolate bar away and planning to have it on another day when it fits into my macro. So it's not really good enough to tell someone what your goal is and to want them to be your accountability partner if they just let everything you do slide. So if you don't have someone near you or close to you that can hold you accountable, then that's where a coach such as myself comes in. This is where I will hold you accountable and I will check in with you if you are a VIP one-on-one client. And if you let me know that your goal was to go to the gym four times a week, yet you come to me at the end of the week and you say you only went twice, I'm not just going to say, oh, well, you know, try again next week. I'm going to ask you why. We're going to come up with a plan on how you can make sure that you hit four sessions next week. And we really make sure that there are no excuses around that so that you can achieve your goals. Yeah, totally. And I, I think yeah, the more people you tell about your goal, the more visual, peer, not peer pressure, but at least social pressure that you're creating amongst your, amongst your life. So, you know, tell your friends, your family, your colleagues, if you feel comfortable, the more people you tell about your goals, the more social pressure you create on yourself, which is good because you've said that this goal was important to you. The more people you have in your corner, the more likely your success. Yeah, and I've noticed this with squad members too. Those that create fitness Instagram, even if it's just kind of a private account to share their steps, to share their meals, their workouts and things with other squad members, they're more likely to stay on track because they feel like they're a part of a community and they feel as if, you know, there is that slight pressure of, oh, you know, I said I'm going to go for runs this week. I said I'm going to do my workouts and, you know, slay the eight-week challenge. They then feel that they need to do it to show up for them themselves and for the others watching their journey so I do think that's a cool way to share your journey yeah absolutely and yeah like everyone's motivation and willpower will go up and down right so you will have times where you don't want to do it but if there's some pressure to get you to do it then in the long run it's going to be beneficial for that goal Definitely. Okay. And lastly, number five is to celebrate. Celebrate your wins along the way. We can be so focused on looking at the future and where we want to be that we actually forget to acknowledge the small things. And what are small things? It could be something as little as, you know, having cake in the office workspace for someone's birthday but you choose to have your meal prep maybe it's that you go out for dinner with your friends on a friday night and you have one glass of wine instead of half a bottle of wine there are lots of wins that we make throughout our journeys that are worth celebrating and that comes down to non-scale victories too so are you getting stronger in the gym are you sleeping better were you able to get through your workout faster than before celebrating the wins along the way will definitely be a good way to help ensure that you're actually enjoying the journey yeah, totally. And there is some pretty good science behind rewarding yourself when you're, you know, when you're, as you make progress towards your goals, the progress principle says that, you know, your, your brain releases dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter, which makes you feel really good. So that's one of the rewards of achieving your goals. You just feel awesome about it. But there is some good research behind having explicit rewards as well along the way. So maybe it is at the end of the month, you've achieved your, you know, you achieved your fitness goal, milestone, whatever it is, perhaps you take yourself up for a nice healthy lunch or maybe you go up for one of 
you know, a fancy coffee that you really enjoy that fits within your macros if that's what you're tracking. Or perhaps, you know, you've hit your running target for the two months you go buy a new running outfit if that fits your budget. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I like how you said if that fits your macro. So something that I don't think is a celebration, which I used to do in the past, is if I stuck to my nutrition for Monday through till Friday, you know what? Saturday it's go time where I would be able to eat whatever I wanted. And that's obviously going against my goal, especially if my goal is fat loss. So we want to make sure that when we are celebrating, it's in alignment with our goals. So like Ross said, if you know you hit your kilometers during the month, you go out and buy a new pair of running shoes if that fits your budget. Just like with your nutrition, if you've stuck to your nutrition for the month, don't go out and just eat whatever you want because you feel like you've stuck to your nutrition. That's not going to set you up for a good relationship with food. But if you've hit your workouts, you've stuck to your nutrition, maybe you want to go for a catch up with your friends. Maybe it's that you go on an epic hike. Maybe it's that you need to get a new fitness tracker or a new cute outfit. There's lots of different ways we can reward ourselves. Some cost money and some don't. You really don't have to spend money or calories to celebrate your wins along the way. Yeah, it's a really good point. The easiest way to think about it is let's just say you have a budget, a savings goal that you're trying to achieve, whatever that is. You've hit your savings goal by the end of the month and on the end of the month, you go on a spending spree. (laughs) It defeats the purpose, right? So just think about it like that and uh, make sure that whatever your rewards are actually fit the purpose of your goal. Yeah, awesome. That is all from us. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. We have set that goal of being more consistent and I'm going to throw it out there. I want to do 52 YouTube videos this year and I also set a goal for Ross and I without confirming with them, but 52 podcasts. So if you did enjoy this, please share it with a friend. We'd love to hear from you if you have any podcast suggestions and we'll catch you in the next one. See you in the next one.